the Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup and won the Stanley Cup for the second time in four seasons. The Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup. What's up, everybody? This is Jack Bushman here with Tony Janaris for another episode of Talking Hockey, the 18th episode of the regular season. How are we doing this afternoon, Tony? Hey, Jack. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Doing pretty good. Thank you for joining me. Today is Wednesday, March 27th, and we only have 10 days left in the regular season. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's been a hell of a roller coaster ride this season for sure. Yeah, lots of up and downs along the way. And unfortunately, it looks like the Blackhawks will not be part of the postseason for the second consecutive year. After going one and three in their past four games since we last talked, uh, including a couple of big ones to Colorado and Arizona, Tony, uh, some games in particular that stuck out uh, since we last talked, that tough home loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. Three to one, you know, after losing Mm -hmm. uh, in overtime to Vancouver, we really needed to pick up those two points at home and we kind of just fell short. Yeah, I know. It seems like the Blackhawks just find a way to play down to the competition. They can't beat those beatable teams when it counts. Yeah, it seems like they haven't been able to take advantage of teams that uh, they should beat, even though uh, they've had, you know, home ice advantage, Vancouver and Philadelphia, both being Poor road teams, but the Hawks were not able to get it done. And then looking at that loss Saturday to Colorado, uh, the Blackhawks weren't able to take advantage of a team uh, without Miku Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog. And that kind of showed me right then and there, Tony, that, you know, this team's not going to be able to uh, cut it uh, and make uh, the postseason this year. Yeah, I know they they really couldn't capitalize on a huge opportunity. That That kind of stung a little bit. Absolutely. And then something else that really stung, uh, looking at those four games, the Blackhawks managed to score just five goals in total after the offense had really been uh, the strong point for most of the year. The Blackhawks really uh, have hit a scoring drought at the wrong time of the season. Yeah, I know. It just seemed, They just seem kind of lifeless out there right now. They seem burned out, especially Kane. He's been scoreless. In the past seven, eight games, I believe it was. Yeah, seven out of his past 14, he's been scoreless and with just one goal in 12 games in the month of March. And then combine that with uh, the second line struggles of DeBrinckit, Stroman, Perlini. That line was looking really good when they first were paired together. Uh, mm-hmm. But all three of them have been held without a point in five games in a row now. So it's hard to win games when the top six is producing that little, Tony. Right. And then it's it's funny. I just kind of realized this the past few games. It's like they're either all offense or all defense. It's almost like they feel like it's illegal to be good at both at the same time right now. Yeah, I, there's been very few times where I've watched a, a game and sat there and thought, wow, we really played a complete full hockey game, played well on both sides of the spectrum. It seems like, you know, one night we're struggling to put anything in the back of the net uh, and – it's a two nothing game, one nothing game, like we had uh, with the Coyotes last night. And then mm-hmm. there's other occasions where we look at the game just like this. We played uh, the Coyotes two weeks ago, and we put up seven against them. So yeah. you know, just that of the Chicago Blackhawks this year, a lot of up and down. You never really know what you're going to get, and then ultimately that's going to cost you a, a chance in the Stanley Cup playoffs when you're not a consistent hockey team. Right. Um, I think that also you could tie that into the inexperience with the roster. It's a very young roster besides 
Taser, Keith Seabrook, those guys, Crawford. Yep. It's a pretty young roster. So I feel like this experience, this playoff push, could really help them down the line. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens next season, too. Yeah, no. Um, even though, you know, the season's not coming to the end that we want, uh, there's still a lot of thing, a lot of good to be taken away from this season, uh, competing down the stretch, getting some young guys, some looks, seeing what we have in the future of this roster. So uh, it can't hurt to uh, be playing competitive hockey down the stretch, no matter what, even though it's not resulting uh, in the final result that we want. Right. Plus, it's fun for the fans. It really sucks watching bad hockey. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Uh, <laughs> I would much rather watch them uh, play how they did in the second half of the season than playing like they did in November, December down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would hate. I, I just like. I would hate to watch a tanking hockey team. So I'm yeah. glad that I'm glad that Stan Bowman was able to uh, go out and make some moves and make this roster competitive and make it fun for the fans because uh, Blackhawks deserve to uh, watch some good hockey after how bad we were for two months. It was really <laughs> that. It was really that atrocious, yeah. Tony. Yeah, I agree. I know. Um, the trades during the season helped the team a ton. And then I also believe that this offseason more moves will be coming. I'm hoping I'm hoping so because like Blackhawks are going to have a, a ton of cap space and even though uh they they may not go out and uh they have like nineteen to twenty two million dollars they're gonna have somewhere in that yeah. range. Uh, even though they might not be able to uh break the bank for a top guy like Artemi Panarin or a Jeff Skinner or Matt Duchesne, just because they have to be careful with uh, the upcoming contracts of DeBrinket, Strom, and Gustafson. Right. They still can go out and uh, make a nice move to someone uh, like maybe Ryan Dezingle, mm-hmm. Wayne Simmons, Michael Furland, uh, depending on if guys hit the market, guys like, uh, you know, Joe Thornton somehow gets let go of, out yeah. of San Jose or something, Justin Williams out of Carolina. Uh, it's just going to be interesting because we do have money to go make a splash if we choose to do so. Right. And also a thing that is working in the Blackhawks' favor right now is that Kane and Taze, they've had a huge bounce back season, so that kind of appeals to free agents and kind of makes them reconsider coming to Chicago. So we, we may have some options out there this offseason. Yeah, I hope that uh, we were able to make a significant splash because as we've seen, you know, down the stretch, we're just a couple pieces away from, you know, being right back in it. In fact, uh, the Blackhawks, this was, as uh, we were talking about earlier, an interesting stat I saw, the Blackhawks were 9-18-5 through their first 32 games of the season, Tony. Yeah. And then since those first 32 games, they're 24-15-5 and five, uh, in their last 44 games. So really, if they weren't, you know, the worst team in the NHL <laughs> in the first half of the season, they could easily be in a playoff position right now, which could be uh, an attractive look for free agents that said, right. are looking at this team saying, you know, we're just a couple pieces away from being really good. Right. Yeah. If you throw away that month of November, it's a totally different story this season. Um, like, especially if you take a look at February, that was the best season or sorry, the best month this season. They went nine and four. They were beating like playoff teams and making well, it look easy. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think next season we'll see a big difference. Um, Carlton will have a whole off season to work with the guys because he came in at a horrible time. Like, yeah, exactly. You can't come in during the season a month in and expect like really great results. You know. 
Yeah, it's tough to expect to uh, pick up a new coach's system while, you know, having limited practice time and having to go on road trips and just having that uncomfortable, like, feeling out process. It's really inevitable, and it was unfortunate that uh, Jeremy Colleton didn't get a, a training camp or anything. Right. Uh, he, he really just got kind of thrown into the fire. So, obviously, it was going to take time for the Blackhawks to get a grasp of how he wants to play the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know – that's that really cost them the season. Unfortunately, I th- I think it was a tough decision to fire Joel right, right in the middle of the season. I think it was the wrong decision. I don't think I don't right. think he deserved to be fired in the middle of the season. And I don't think the Blackhawks. I don't think it was the best thing for uh, the. It might have been the best thing for the future, but not yeah. for the rest of the twenty uh, eighteen nineteen season. Right. The morale totally fell off a cliff after that for sure. Um, I want to say that. I think Colleton is a, is a promising young coach and it'll be interesting to see um, this off season, which kind of players will the Blackhawks target because he has a totally different system than Quenneville did. So I think he values speed and playmaking a little bit more and he's not afraid to let the young guys play. Yeah, that's something that uh, Joel Quenville, really one of his only uh, narcs, uh, one of the only real narcs on him while his uh, during his tenure as Blackhawks head coach was that he didn't ever really give uh, young players very much time and let them develop in his system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Jeremy's been very open to giving some young guys playing time this season. Dylan Secura has spent a good significant chunk uh, in the second half here playing top-line minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Brennan Perlini, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he, uh, and the Blackhawks front office kind of put this roster together for the future. Right. Uh, especially with, uh, just the, the uh, lack of depth, depth scoring that we currently have. Mm-hmm. I think that was just a big difference in the team down the stretch because, you know, when guys like Patrick Kane do go cold after carrying the team for five months, <laughs> right. you have to rely, you have to rely on somebody else. And, you know, that was a problem looking at the game last night against the Coyotes one, nothing. The game-winning goal came from Nick Cousins. You know, we yeah. needed a we needed a goal from a depth scorer like that last night to win the game, and that was that was really the difference maker right there. And uh, you know, that was a must-win game out in the desert for the Blackhawks, and they weren't able to beat uh, a team like the Arizona Coyotes with. I mean, Darcy Kemper's been good lately, but mm-hmm. you know, they they put uh, four past him on 16 shots the other week and got him pulled out of the game. So yeah, kind of tough to see them really produce nothing offensively against that team. Yeah, they, they really want to call it a bad time, but that's okay. We can kind of expect that with the, how the roster is laid out and the depth that we don't have. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, like which young guys coming up get a shot. Um, some some prospects are playing really well right now, like um, Barrett and Kurashev. Uh, Bolquist had an amazing game last night. Oh, my God. Goals. Three, three power play yeah. goals in the game winner. <laughs> Absolutely. He Four was just killing goals. it. <laughs> you don't see that a lot. That explosion on that fourth goal he had to, or he just zoomed in from the blue line. Yep. That was ridiculous. I was like, oh my gosh, can he really skate? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's been some talks as to, you know, he might be heading back to the OHL next year. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. How, I mean, obviously that's still up in the air. It's right. going to be a, probably a last second decision, how he looks uh in training camp against some of the guys probably similar to how they did it last year yeah he's he's going to be interesting because you know what he provides offensively but 
it's going to be whether or not he can play a big time defensive minutes, you know, at the NHL level while being a 19 year old and uh, having a smaller frame and being an offensive minded yeah. defenseman. That's really the thing that's holding him back right now. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they actually go about his development. Um, this training camp, I expect him to get a lot of playing time, a lot of ice time. Um, and then there's also Bodine and yeah. a couple other guys that are in the process. Kiharu's obviously yeah. coming up. Ian Mitchell, Chad Chris just signed that deal, so he's going to be giving some looks. Yeah. Uh, and then breaking news today, the Blackhawks were signed Carl Dahlstrom to that two-year deal worth mm-hmm. $850,000. You know, he is, he is what he is right now, current number seven defenseman, maybe yeah. a five or six guy in a year or two at best. Uh, but for, you know, a 24-year-old that he can play AHL minutes, uh, if there's injuries to anybody, he could play mm-hmm. uh, third pairing, number six D-man minutes for the Blackhawks. Uh, so I think that's a good price to play for – good price to pay for a young defenseman. And then also, uh, in my opinion, that kind of just solidified that Slater Cuckoo will not be brought back after the season just with all the defensemen the Blackhawks currently have. It's a yeah. log jam. As we just said, Boquist, Yoki Haru, Mitchell, Chris, Bodan are the young guys that are going to be given looks. And then, you know, Keith, Seabrook, Murphy, and Gustafson, uh, and now Dahlstrom are going to be around, and likely Gustav Forsling. I just don't right. know if there's any room for Slater Cuckoo at this point, Tony. Yeah, unless they're able to unload one of those old-timers contracts or if they trade away Forsling as a sweetener. Um, yeah, I don't really see them keeping Cuckoo because – He's playing about the same amount of ice time as Dahlstrom right now, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, there, there's at some point, you know, we can't really – it just doesn't make sense to keep adding fringe defensemen. Right. Uh, even if, you know, there's kind of been that, like, debate on Twitter that a lot of people have had between the Dahlstrom and uh, Cuckoo playing down the stretch here because those have been the two guys that have been, been getting scratched. Yeah. Uh, so even if – Cuckoo has been better than Carl Dahlstrom now that they decided to go out and sign Dahlstrom. I just don't think they're going to be able to sign Cuckoo. And I think just there's some guys, some younger guys that uh, I'd rather give looks uh, next season, definitely. Yeah, might as well see what you have with those young guys. And you basically already know what you have with Dahlstrom and Cuckoo. They're, they're basically third-pairing guys. That's their ceiling. Yeah, exactly, and you are, we, they, he are, they already signed one of them, so no mm-hmm. reason to go out and get another one of those guys, in my yeah, opinion. exactly. So the offseason will definitely be interesting for the Blackhawks this year. As we said, going to probably be somewhere around the 20 million ballpark uh, in cap space. They will be able to go out and make moves as they so choose, but unfortunately – there just are no real improvements on the defensive end this offseason uh, unless they somehow snag Eric Carlson for a reasonable price, stealing him out of San Jose. I <laughs> right. just don't see that happening, though. Yeah, that that would be very tough. I honestly see him staying in San Jose if they could work out Me a contract. Me too. Yeah. It would, be a really shame. it would be a shame to let Eric Carlson yeah. walk, I'll tell you. Because even though yeah. he's been injured this year, he's been fantastic for them when he's been healthy. And he's 28, so he has about – two really good seasons left and then you're not sure after that so I think he could be okay in San Jose that he has really good chemistry with those defensemen out there yeah I mean they if they're loading loading up with Eric Carlson Brent Burns I was like oh my gosh they have two guys that have won the Norris in the last three years that's incredible yeah Even though, you know neither of them are really the stud defensive defensemen that were winning right. the Norris like five seasons ago 
they're still good in their own end, uh, and obviously they can produce almost at a forward pace offensively. Right. That's the way the NHL's going, though. It's going more exactly, towards yeah. the offensive spectrum. So as long as a defenseman can hold his own and not be a complete idiot out there and, like, just throw the puck away, give it away, and just, like, not block passing lanes and stuff. like That's how a, Gustafson's yeah. been lately. Yeah. He, like, the last five games or so, he's been great offensively, and he's also been on it. He's been holding his own in uh, – the defensive zone as well. I saw somewhere on Twitter today his course he was at like 53, 54%. So that's what you like to see from Gustafson. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's been terrific. He's up to now uh, 16 goals and 37 assists, 53 yeah. points in 73 games this season. So yeah. if, if he can just hold his own, as you said, with the way the NHL is moving to, uh, yeah. you know, more offensive defensemen and speed, uh, you know, if he can, you know, just hold his own in the defensive zone that makes him so much more valuable to the Chicago Blackhawks. Right. I agree. What do you think his ceiling is? I see him more as a second pairing guy. What do you think? Yeah. I don't think he'll ever be able to go out there and be playing, uh, you know, 23 to 26 minutes against uh, the Nashville predators and like, yeah. the, you know, and like the, in the Western conference final, I don't think that's ever going to be <laughs> where he's at. But uh, I think if, you know, in two or three seasons, if he can, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be shut down no. defensively, but if he can grow a little bit and, you know, the Blackhawks, Connor Murphy continues to grow yeah. or we see, you know, Henry Yoki Haru turns into a really solid top four guy. Mm-hmm. He's someone that could slide there alongside a solid uh, right-handed defenseman and yeah. play, play, you know, around 18 and 19 minutes, which, you know, is a little bit more reasonable for right. his ability. Yeah, just based on his skill set, I see him as a second-pairing guy. Mm-hmm. And then if you surround him with someone who's more defensive oriented, like yeah, Murphy. Murphy or someone like that, then I think he could it be starts really to make successful. more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the progression of all those young defensemen, because even though uh, more, most of them are known for their offensive abilities, they're going to have to grow into strong defensemen if they're going to want to be a uh, full-time NHL defenseman. You know, you can't just right. rely on offensive skill and uh, be playing every night. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the Blackhawks have the cap space to do it. Mm-hmm. But just unfortunately, there's just only guys like Tyler Myers. Uh, Alex Edler is a name that's out there. Yeah. Uh, not not uh, Jake Gardner, you know, so guys that have been, yep. you know, the guys that aren't going to be rocks for your <laughs> decor that we kind of need right now. Yeah, I know. So it's just kind of a tough position to be in because there's just no significant upgrades defensively this offseason. And yeah. this is like the first offseason we want to go and spend money. It's, yeah, if they really want to make a splash on defense, they're going to have to trade. There's no really mm-hmm. other way around it, you know. Um, At this point, no, no yeah. other option. Yeah, maybe you can pry away a restricted free agent like Truba from Winnipeg. Maybe if they want don't want to pay him, maybe you could take a That will shot be interesting because he's someone that's always uh been known to uh kind of want more than he's valued to and yeah. because he's not like a, a top tier defenseman that's going to be like 9-10 million dollars. Right. But he's probably someone that could be like, you know, he'd probably be like the five or six range mm-hmm. for what he gives a team. So it would be interesting to see, you know, if the Winnipeg doesn't want to uh, sign him and they go and try to keep maybe Tyler Myers or yeah. something. Uh, that will be an interesting case because, yeah, Jacob Truett could be someone I could see fitting in the Blackhawks' top four. Right. 
another name that I was that was kind of interesting. I'm not sure about him yet. Um, Ryan Murphy, or sorry, not Murphy, Murray from the Blue Ryan Jackets. Murray. Yeah, no, he's always been known as a, a guy who's defensive minded first mm-hmm. and plays strong in his own zone, uh, defensive minded, and that's kind of the area that the Blackhawks need right now. Yeah, plus he's still relatively young, so that could really work out. It uh, depends on the money, too, you know. Yeah, the Blackhawks do have to be careful. They they can't be uh, spending money like they were last season, giving Brandon Manning 2.5 mil, giving <laughs> oh, Jan Ruda, giving Jan Ruda 2.5 mil. Even though we have money, we can't be doing that because right. guys like DeBrinket, Strom, uh, Dominic Cahoon, Eric Gustafson, they're all free agents at the end of next season. Yeah. So even though we have a lot of money right now, in two years, we still uh, are going to have a lot of that tied up. Right. Um, speaking of contracts, what do you think they'll do with Corey Crawford? Because he expires after next season, and that's a $6 million cap space hit. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Obviously, we know now that Colin Delia is going to be uh, – or they have the intention of uh, Colin Delia being the guy of the future. Mm-hmm. But Corey Crawford, I think he's kind of in that scenario where he's going to be the number one guy next year heading into yeah. the season, assuming he stays healthy. We saw how good he can still play down the stretch with – you know, he's been yeah. bailing the Blackhawks out every night with uh, <laughs> offensive struggles they've Stopping had Stopping like 40 to 50 shots a game. Corey Crawford is still a number one goaltender in this league – uh, so I think next year it's going to just be a feel out year for Corey Crawford, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, if he's still wanting to play hockey, I think the Blackhawks and he uh, have that mutual respect where they could work out one year deals, potentially yeah. maybe another one year deal. And then, you know, just play it by ear from there. If he wants to continue playing hockey yeah, because he, he's not young at his uh, at this point of his career, but he's still, yeah, he's proven right. that he still can be effective. So, I think, yeah, he's someone that could just be getting one-year deals, uh, hopefully team-friendly if it yeah. ends up going that way. Yeah, maybe cut that $6 million and half to three and go from there. Yeah, no, and then we know we got uh, Calendelia for a steal. Uh, three years, it was like 1.5 mil or something crazy, and then yeah. Miku Koskinen, Miku Koskinen like a month earlier for Edmonton broke the bank. <laughs> uh, and Colin Dealey went out there and made that sign. I was like, all right, thank you for that one. So, yeah, yeah that, that's that going to great. help the team out in the future, no doubt about it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Stan Bowman and the front office uh, goes about their cap space this season, no doubt about it. Tony, looking at the current state of the Blackhawks, just six games left in the regular season. Looking at the standings, as we said, Blackhawks are five points back of the Avalanche and Coyotes currently three points back in the wild and just looks like it's going to be hard to catch up ground. Mm-hmm. So the season is over, but man, it was a fun run. And uh, I'm happy that the Blackhawks ended up where they did because it could have been a lot worse of a season. And I, I think it's, it is a tough limbo to be in right now. Yeah. You've, as you've said on Twitter a couple times, we're not probably going to be getting the draft pick that uh, we would have liked maybe, but Mm-hmm. I, uh, I still think I'd rather be where we are right now than yeah. It, it's just a tough position to be in, but I still think we've drafted well in the past. So I think there's you know there's no reason to think that uh, we can't come up with a good draft pick, even if it is at you know the ten or eleven, twelve spot in this yeah. year's draft. Yeah, um, this draft class is actually pretty decent, one through ten, I would say. Um, it just depends on your team needs. and It's usually a, just yeah. a crapshoot, you know, just hopefully yeah. – I just got to trust your scouts and hopefully they, yeah. they do well again. I know uh, 
Plus, you never know if the team's going to reach. That Very could, true. That could open up the uh, draft uh, selections, you know. And then we never know, you know, how the Blackhawks are going to go about maybe, you know, trading a, a big-name defensive prospect for moving somewhere in the draft, whether, you know, it could be moving up, moving down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways that the Blackhawks could play this with all the young defensive prospects they have uh, because – there, uh, even though uh, we have some, a couple young good def- uh, forward prospects, I should say, guys like uh, yeah. as you were saying earlier, Evan Barrett, uh, Philip Kirishev, Dominic Kubalik, who is the leading scorer in the the like Switzerland lead, top league in Switzerland right now. Yeah, um, I think you know depth scoring is what we need uh, the most right now, and uh, if we can go out and get somebody who's maybe a good proven third line center that's a face-off winning center because we have struggled in the face-off department the past yeah. couple of years for you know a defensive prospect we may have to do that just because of the number of defensive prospects we currently have right yeah they're really this team really needs a strong third line center that could win face-offs but also still have that playmaking ability and who is also reliable on the defensive end too yeah, I feel like we haven't seen uh, guys like that since really Dave Boland or yeah. Andrew Shaw. Uh, just kind of, you know, not good enough faceoff uh, percentage from Marcus Kruger this season. It's yeah. probably going to cost him his time in Chicago. Uh, Dylan Strom, we'll see how he pans out as a faceoff man uh, along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Artem Anisimov has never been a 50% faceoff man no. in his career, so. You know, if we're stuck with him, uh, I'd like to see him, you know, on the wing, preferably. Yeah, having, why not? Having, having, I mean, if we're going to have him in the lineup, I'd rather have, you know, a strong third-line center playing with him, someone that could, you yeah. know, at least win face-offs and get us the puck because that's the way the Blackhawks play. They need to play with the puck. They're better with the puck than they are without, for sure. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Anisimov move to a winger position. Just mainly He's played there that, sometimes yeah. this year. Yeah, I know. I've seen him there a handful of times. He's done okay. Um, he's just not fast, you know. You you need a fast winger like to set up plays and like spread out the defense and stuff. So they'll exactly. be interesting. Um, there's a few guys that could play center. Um, David Camp has looked mm-hmm. good when he's played there. I think David Camp needs to slide into that fourth line center role once. Yeah. Uh... Once uh, Marcus Kruger is gone this offseason, David Kampf is a RFA, so he'll probably be brought back for a, a cheap price. Yeah. And he, you know, he could pretty much do the job uh, as well as Kruger can for a lot cheaper. Right. Yeah, the Blackhawks have actually – I feel like they have a lot of center prospects. What do you think? So, like Evan Barrett. Yeah. He's he's someone who's been known, though, to like struggle in the faceoff department. Obviously, he's still young, and yeah. you know it's hard to kind of project how he's going to grow into a faceoff man down the mm-hmm. stretch. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Kirishev, they do have some guys who can play down the middle. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it translates to the NHL game. Yeah. Because that's always the biggest question is with, with everything, is just if it'll translate. Yeah, I know um... – there's also another uh, prospect, Michael Hakarainen. He's looking pretty good. Hakarainen, yeah. Uh, where's Where's he at this year? Do you know off the top of your head? I think he's still in the USHL. For sure. Yeah, right. I know he, he played a game in college, but then he wanted to go back for some reason. So Interesting. Um, that was a very interesting move because I believe 
the college level is a lot more competitive than the USHL. College, uh, I've heard, I've heard up and down about yeah. both actually. Um, college, I feel like would be, I, I, I don't really know honestly. To be honest, right. it can go kind of both you don't, ways. I don't really watch enough of it to know. I don't either. I wish I got to watch more honestly. Yeah, no, I wish I'm so I'm so caught up just having to be able to watch the Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh uh, yeah. Speaking of college. Did you see the news about Adam Fox? Oh yeah, I saw that. Uh, you were, yeah, I saw your uh, tweets about him. What, what was all the news about him going on? Okay, that he said yeah, yeah. something about Patrick Kane being his favorite player, one of his yeah. favorite players. Patrick Kane and Brian Leach are his favorite players, mm-hmm. and then um, he was or so they were talking. I think his agent said that he wasn't going to sign with. Uh, what team is he with the Hurricanes right now? Yeah, with Carolina. Yeah, he wasn't going to sign with them. So, oh, so he's kind of going that like Jimmy VC so, route. Yep he he's going to be well. It seems like he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. Um, he's going to college for his fourth year, and then he's going to be a free agent. So, mm. Stan Bowman has to have Adam Fox's agent on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely. That would be <laughs> that would be something interesting to see. Yeah, that would be a, he's still a very young prospect. Staying for his fourth year, man, that would oh, that would suck. I would hate to have that happen. Yeah, have signing someone to that entry level contract three years ago, and then he's just like ah. Yeah, he's not feeling it. <laughs> Carolina has a ton of uh, like their strength is in that defense. They they, they have, have a lot of good so defensemen. Yeah, so uh, that's that's an interesting look. Might want to um, keep an eye out for him. You know, definitely, definitely. So so many different ways that. Blackhawks can go about all their different ca- or all their cap space they're going to have this year. Hopefully, uh, they make a significant splash because I really want to see this team uh, in the playoffs next season. Tony, after missing the playoffs the last two years, have, yeah. don't, we don't have a playoff win since 2016, Game Six against the St. Louis Blues, and three almost three years not, ago. That was not a good memory. Yeah, no tough Game Seven, <laughs> tough Game Seven loss following. So. Been a while since we've won a playoff series since we won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, ridiculous. Well, it look yeah, <laughs> I know. It, well, it looks like we're on a good trajectory right now, so I'm kind of optimistic. Exactly. So yeah, even though the Blackhawks season is not going to result in playoffs, a lot of reasons to be hopeful because they're just a couple pieces away. I really feel the or I really feel that way. I feel like this team, they're just one defenseman, uh, maybe a couple depth, uh, third, fourth liners. They'll improve uh, yep. their their scoring. They're a couple pieces away from being really competitive and uh, sliding into uh, you know a divisional or wild card playoff spot. And yeah, as we but, talked about yeah. earlier, if they just weren't atrocious, they could even be that right now. It <laughs> right. was terrible they, for November. If you take out that really trash month of no- November, it's a different story. Um, a lot really of strong think... play in the second half of the season. A lot of reason to be. Uh, hopeful for the future of it, yeah. you know, Alex DeBrink and Dylan Strom, uh, even though Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tay's uh, age are, and time isn't on their side, they are still having some of their best seasons this year. So they're yeah. showing that they're still hungry uh, and they still can compete uh, in offensive and, you know, even a, a higher tempo level of play than they're used to. Yeah. yeah. And then Yoki Haru was honestly our best defenseman for the very beginning of the season. Yeah, I know. Honestly, so he should have been around. He's close. He's, he's close. going to be good. He's going to be yeah. awesome. I'm excited was, to see him next yeah. season. 
he was playing first line minutes with Keith for a long time before he left for the uh, World Juniors. Yeah, no, he was definitely one of our top three defensemen this year, without a doubt. Just part of um, his development uh, wound him up in Rockford, unfortunately. Yeah. But he's going to be around next season, I think, full-time, and that'll yeah. be fun to watch him grow uh, as a 19-, 20-year-old next season, Tony. I think he's going to be a difference maker next season. He's going to step up and hopefully progress to that, to that next level that you want to see. Be a reliable top-four guy. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I have a feeling about Boquist. I think he might get a shot next season just based on how bad the defense is, you know? I'm really hoping so. I think, you know, it can't hurt his progression to be there. Uh, his defense likely won't be there next season. He'll probably right. struggle on his own end. Uh, and I think that's kind but of – But so I, have the art guys already right now. Very, very true. <laughs> I, think, I think the decision uh, with Boquist is going to be um, – one that comes down to the wire and it's going to be a decision the Blackhawks make late because it's going to depend their depend on their current state of the roster. Like right before, right. Uh, right before the season starts, you know, if they have a stronger uh, defensive core, let's say they go make a trade or make uh, yeah. make a signing of some sort. And they feel that uh, their defense is good enough for them to compete. And Adam Boquist is, uh, you know, a, a liability in his own zone. Maybe they don't need him around, and maybe they send him back to the right. OHL. But, you know, I think it's just going to be a decision that we're not going to know for, you know, four or five months. Yeah, we won't know probably until training camp. Training mm-hmm. camp. Like, just basically like what they did last season – or not – sorry, not last season, last off season. Um, So I'm looking at Boquist stats right now. Regular season. Regular season's over. So through 54 games – he had 20 goals, 40 assists for 60 points. Well, yeah, so you'd that, love to see that. Amazing. Um, Offense then, is there, no question. Right. It's cool to see that, too, because he's. this is his first season in North American hockey. Mm-hmm. So, he's, that's, so he's basically ready for North American hockey. It's just whether he's ready for the level of competition. He's, he's definitely right. adjusted to the ice level. Just hopefully, yeah. hopefully he'll be able to be strong enough in his own zone that uh, he can at least hang around. Right. And then he's actually at a 12 plus minus rating. So that's not bad. Yeah. He, probably, he does a lot of work on the power play too. So that's, yeah, that's true. Hopefully um, that, ho- yeah, hopefully he'll just be, as we've talked about uh, earlier yeah. in this episode with the way defensemen are going this uh, in this league, offense is up a ton this year. Yeah. So if he could just be decent, he might be able to crack the roster next year. Yeah. Um, and then I'm looking at the playoff stats because OHL playoffs just started. Oh boy. And he had it through three games that. so far. Yeah, through three games so far in the OHL playoffs. He has four goals that he got all last night with one assist. So that's five points in three games with a plus two plus minus rating. And that's really good to see out of a young guy especially in his first uh, set of OHL playoffs. Yeah, he's definitely been impressive watching those highlights last night. Just made me think about how he can uh, add speed and skill to uh, our defensive core that doesn't provide all that much offensively besides Eric Gustafson. (laughs) So, yeah, even though he is more known as an offensive-minded guy and we do need defense, we still could have a lot of use out of Adam Boquist next season. Right. Yeah, especially you look. What'd you say? You look at the uh, the uh, what Eric Gustin brought to the table. 
Um, he had some great, huge impact this season. He's not really a good defenseman or not good at defense, you know? Yeah, but he's still been able to, uh, you know, be playing top minutes in big time games just because he's been that effective offensively. And, mm-hmm. you know, just with how the league's going, as we've talked about, he's able to skate the puck out of his own zone with speed. Uh, you know, sometimes he does get caught up with making some bonehead decisions, some bad passes. Right. But for the most part, if he's jumping into the rushes and making plays, the Blackhawks are going to be playing him because he's that good offensively. Yeah, and I've heard from a few different people as a general rule of thumb for defensemen that about the 250 game mark is when you really know what you have with one of your defensemen. Yeah, uh, how many games does he have played total? Who is that? Uh, did you say you said do you say two hundred fifty games? Yeah, on average. Yeah, and I I was wondering just off the top of your head if you knew how much Eric Gustafson had played already, but I can look it up really quick. I think I he's somewhere. Actually... I think he's somewhere around that hundred mark to be honest, because he only played like seventy six yeah. games or something. Yeah. So right now he I pulled it up. He is at one hundred fifty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just one hundred forty nine. So. So maybe he hasn't hit a ceiling. Yeah, it'll be interesting. He is 27, but he doesn't have all that much uh, experience prior to this season, really only yeah. uh, half of season before this year. So, yeah, hopefully he can uh, be able to grow at least a little bit and be a guy who could be, you know, a number three or a number four for this team in the future. Yeah. Um, I think, especially on his contract, what is he at, 1.2? Yeah, no. he's one, yeah, 1.2 mil. He's super cheap. He's definitely going to want a pay raise after next season. Yeah, uh, it will be interesting to see how that situation pans out. I think, I mean, it's just hard to ignore how good he is offensively. It would be yeah. tough to not bring him back just because how good he's been in the second half of the season, the second highest scoring defenseman in the league yeah. uh, behind Brent Burns since the Blackhawks have turned it around after those first 32 games. He's been awesome. Right. Yeah. I'm looking at his uh, stats right now in the season. His, so for Gustafson, his last five games, he has three points, three goals. Yeah, he had that three-game goal streak. Yeah. He scored then, th- two of our three goals in that Thursday-Saturday yeah. games. <laughs> right. And he's been playing crazy minutes. Let me, let me read these off. Yeah, he had a career so, high the other day. Yeah. So um, yesterday he was at 23-54. Uh, the game before that against Colorado was 23-33. And then the game, the game, first Colorado game, he was at twenty five fifty one, and then at against Philly, he was twenty two fifty nine, and the Vancouver Canucks game is when he hit his career high, I believe yeah, it was twenty seven ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that just shows you, even though he's not the best defensively, how good he's been offensively. The Blackhawks are going to play him, and even though the yeah. Blackhawks aren't a playoff team right now. They're, they're a middle-of-the-pack team, so that shows you that Eric Gustafson does have potential as a number three, number four defenseman if he could just improve yeah. a little bit on the defensive end. Playing um, with someone like Connor yeah. Murphy or, you know, if Yoki Haru pans out. So, I actually just looked at his block stats for this season. Guess how many he has? Uh, this is Eric Gustafson? Yeah. Um, Over 100, right? Yeah, 106. Okay, okay. So he's not afraid to block a shot and he could do it. Blackhawks actually have been really good at blocking shots this season. That was something they've been talking about the last couple of games. Brent Seabrook being a top five guy randomly. 
Um, Eric Gustafson, they've been blocking a lot down the stretch. I think they were the, uh, I think I saw they had the second most blocked shots in the league over the past two months, like 32 think, or something, something think, like that. Yeah. I saw something on Twitter think, along those lines. I know they've been really yeah. good in that department. I think I saw something from John Dietz since like the beginning yeah. of March. They've been at the top of the block list. That's That might have been what it was. Yeah, I think it was uh, like 17.3 blocks per game or something like that. I mean, nonetheless, no matter what the number is, I'm glad to see that yeah, yeah. Like they're up near the top because – they're getting uh, back to the roots. That's what they need to do. They, we needed more of that early on in the season because uh, defense was giving the goaltending no help. Yeah. It was, it was rough. You know what? I have an idea. What? What's this idea? Let's hear it. All right. So um, we're, we need to tell Carlton to show this defenseman group Jalmerson highlights of how to block a shot. Just go take them into a theater real – just like have blindfold them, take them into the basement – Pull yeah. the blindfolds off, and it's just a highlight. It's just a highlight tape of Nicholas Jomerson taking like slap <laughs> shots, like that one to the neck he took in the, the playoffs. Yeah, and the one to the face where he like had to get his oh, jaw yeah, sewn yeah. shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took. I think that yeah bounced off like Shaw's stick, if I remember yeah. correctly. And then yeah, I remember specifically he took one uh, off the neck and uh, off the throat in the yeah. postseason, and he had to wear that like turtleneck collar. He looked like yeah. a turtle. He looked like a turtle out there. In the ice. It was hilarious. <laughs> he couldn't even talk. Yeah. Just get them, get the boys motivated. I mean, they don't need to show Seabrook that tape. He's been great, but yeah, show some of the young guys. We gotta get some heart out of you. This is what we need if we want to start winning some big time ball games. Start, start watching those Jalmerson highlights, boys. <laughs> get the popcorn ready. <laughs> get it going. A little sit down, little sit down sesh. I yeah, could honestly sit back and watch some Nicholas Jalmerson shot block highlights. That could get me going. That yeah, guy was a I... warrior out there. He was Quenville's favorite too. <laughs> I love the yeah. story. I love the story of. Joel Quenville storming out of the pre-draft meeting when he found out the Blackhawks traded Artemi Panarin and Nicholas Jalmerson on the same day. Yeah. He just stormed yeah. out. He's like, fuck you guys. This is, this is awful. I could... <laughs> he knew right then and there we were winning another playoff game. He's, yeah. wearing, he's wearing trouble. Was that the first day of where we're at now? What do you think? Is that where it started? Uh, it's tough. I don't know. Mm. Because I don't know if we would have ever won a playoff series with Artemi Panarin. Definitely wouldn't have hurt. Yeah. Just because of how we, we've seen Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook go over the past couple of years. But trading Nicholas Jomerson definitely, until Connor Murphy's had that significant stretch the last 30 yeah. games, that's where it really hurt us. Last season in particular. Yeah. Last season in the first half. Agree. Last season and in the first half of the season we really missed uh, a solid defensive defenseman presence. Yeah. And look at the Coyotes now. They're, they're top five best defense in the league, right? Yeah, they're awesome defensively. I mean, they're just, as we saw, scraped together a one nothing win last night. Darcy yeah. Kemper's been playing great for them. And, yeah, that's kind of been their bread and butter all season out there. Uh, despite, you know, the offense being up across the NHL, they've been able to find a way to remain in the playoff hunt. Uh, with like Brad Richardson being their leading goal scorer, which is remarkable. They, <laughs> right. They're cra- they're crazy shorthanded. They have a ton of shorthanded goals this year. Yeah. Then they have the best penalty kill in the league. So, I mean, they're kind of getting back to that meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Go go play uh, tough in your own zone and win uh, some low-scoring games. Pretty so, much just grind out every game and hope for the best. I w- Yeah, I miss when the Hawks were able to do that when they just had yeah. a solid, solid uh, defensive unit as a whole, you know. Miss those times. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, though, 
the Blackhawks will get some of their young prospects or, you know, some free agents and be able to get back to that type of play because, as we've talked about, we're just a couple pieces away from this Blackhawks team being really good again, Tony, and I'm looking forward to it. So even Mm -hmm. though the season will not result in the playoffs, uh, with the upcoming cap space and the strong play in the second half of the season – Blackhawks could be right back uh, to playing competitive playoff hockey next season, Tony. I think this is yeah. a good point to wrap it up. Uh, you got anything else you uh, wanted to talk about before we call it an episode? Um, anything off the top of your head at all? Let's see. What do you think they're going to do um, with the goalie position? Are they going to go with Crawford and Delia next season? Yeah, I think that's just going to be the game plan, I think. Uh, Colin Delia uh, has seen uh, enough time at the NHL level this season. Uh, and especially if Rockford is able to make a playoff run in the AHL this season, you know, that's just only only going to help his development. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's just going to be the route we're going to play it as. I think Corey Crawford's going to be the number one heading into the season. Yeah. If the Blackhawks are competitive and he plays well, they're going to ride him. You know, if the season's kind of eh, – and, you know, we're not in the race per se. I think Colin Delia at the end of the season could start getting some more starts uh, down yeah. the line, seeing what they have of him. But I think the Blackhawks do go into next season with the intention of having Corey Crawford being their guy. Yeah, that makes sense. I would agree with that. And then my final point, what do you think they're going to target more in the draft, offense or defense? I think – I think just with all the defensemen we have, if there's someone, uh, you know, maybe in, in college or uh, in, in one of the, you know, either OHL or USHL that's been proven to be uh, a good, you know, maybe a face-off winning guy, some, yeah. something that can just add to, you know, our depth, obviously. Someone uh, like uh, Michael Hanzus. Someone that can just play those dirty minutes. We need, yeah. we need more of that. Just guys that can go up and play physical along the boards because that's what we're missing right now, I think. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's hard to tell what with those guys mostly being drafted as 18, 19-year-olds. Yeah. Um, but hopefully Stan Bowman and, uh, you know, the front office continue to draft well because the Blackhawks have done a good job in that department over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually fairly confident in the draft I am as well. Um, team. Yeah, because the whole squad. Last, the whole, yeah, as a whole. Um, last draft was pretty great from top to bottom. Yeah, no, we wound up, you know, Nicholas Bodan, Adam Boquist, uh, Kirishev in the fourth round. So, yeah, yeah if we continue to have uh, another draft like that, um, it's only going to make this team stronger down the line. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's what we're thinking about right now. We're thinking about the future for the Chicago Blackhawks. And I'm very confident that the future is going to be uh, – it's going – there's a lot to look forward to. It's going to it's be – going to be bright. Yes, the future is bright is what I was trying to get out of. <laughs> right. I think the best way to go about things for the future is to grow from within your organization and try to save money. Yep, and I uh, hope that's the route the Blackhawks decide to take uh, in this draft. You know, guys, they've been good at developing guys. See guys that, uh, you know, they think their coaching staff can work with and further develop into good NHL players and – help this team uh, later down the stretch. So hopefully it all goes well, Tony. Hopefully the off season goes well because there's a lot of potential with this team and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of reason to uh, be hopeful for both uh, the offense and the defense. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's uh, it's okay to be a little upset over the season, how it went, but 
you got to look forward to next season because that's really what, when we're going to see the changes come into effect. Absolutely. All about the future at this point. And uh, next year, it could be that future. So yep. I think that is going to wrap up this episode of Talking Hockey, guys. As always, thank you to all the listeners out there. Make sure to give the podcast a follow on Twitter, which you can find at Talk Hockey. For all Chicago Blackhawks news, Tony, thank you for taking the time to join me this afternoon. I appreciate my friend. As always, go Hawks and stand bow. Make our team and defense great again. Tony, peace out. Have a good rest of your afternoon. All right, thanks. Have a good one.